Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers <laughs> over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, September 12th, 2022, and a happy Monday it is indeed. The Kentucky Wildcats go on the road to the Swamp and get a double-digit win over Florida. That's right, folks, a double-digit win over Florida. Could it have been 10 points? Could it have been 99 points? Who's to say? It's a double-digit win over Florida. Kentucky now a top-10 team, and you're listening to Kentucky Roll Call, and we are going to spend hour talking all about it. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here to start your week. Happy week. Nick Roush, how the heck are you? Um, I'm very happy. Um, big surprise. Big surprise. Um, you very you a little tired. Well, yes, I'm very tired. Very tired. One whole lot of sleep in, in Gainesville. Too much, uh, too much celebrating. Am I right? I wasn't there, so don't know. But I, I would hope so. I, and also, while UK was having trouble selling tickets, I think you called it correctly that they must just be buying them on the secondary market because it seemed like there were a ton of Cats fans down in Gainesville mm-hmm. for witness uh, UK second straight win over Florida, three of the last five years, and it really should be a hell of a lot worse than that. Kentucky has given Florida a few breaks, but not on Saturday, not on Catterday. Cats win. Justin Kalen, how are you? I'm good as well. Yeah, I'm, it was an exciting weekend. It was a busy weekend, but an exciting weekend. Uh, glad to have another Kentucky win over Florida. It makes this show even more fun than it already is. Uh, glad to have the NFL back, even though I can't bet. Worth crap, and I lost a ton of money yesterday. But it's it's a good time of the year. I'm I'm, I'm happy football <laughs> is back. I'm ulti- You all know I'm, not, I'm way more of a basketball guy than I am a football guy. But there is nothing better than the first few weeks of the NFL and college football. Just an unreal start to the football season, almost regardless of level. Uh, I'm not going to take the time, but there's been some pretty wild high school games in the area throughout the state. Obviously, you'd expect that. College football, since it started, has had just some unreal games. And Saturday, it's like it's hard to pick what the biggest win on Saturday was. And sadly, it's not Kentucky. Like, you know, Kentucky was they were only six point dogs, five and a half, depending on when you got it. 
Uh, it was a huge win for Kentucky, and that's what we're going to spend the most of the time talking about. But just a wild day throughout on Saturday with some of the upsets, some of the scores. And then yesterday in the NFL was just absolutely wild with some of those finishes and overtimes yeah. and teams coming back. It, it was, like, we, we could honestly <laughs> spend four hours if we wanted to just break down every game talking football from this past weekend. It was as wild as a football I mean, weekend I can remember. Scott Frost losing and getting fired is like the 13th thing on the docket. Right, like that, yeah. that. That's kind of where we're at on nutty games. I mean, uh, hey, say I if your team is one and zero in the NFL. I, I, no, that you all should make fun of Bengals fans. I don't care. Packers <laughs> are going to be fine. Oh, uh, no, that they're was not. That was, just why wouldn't they be fine? They lost thirty-eight to three to start the week. Start week one last year, Scooch. They will it's not true. be fine. Why they won't did. they be fine? Tell me that. I, I'm thinking. I mean, by fine. They might be fine. They like ten and seven. Oh, so they so they're not going to be fine, but they might be fine. Ooh, I well, think what Scoots is saying is they're not winning the division. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it is different losing to on the road to. It's it's much different opening the season losing to a divisional opponent in that way. Like that doesn't take it. Rebounding eh, feel like a little bit steeper hill uphill climb, and you don't have Devontae Adams to just lean on this year. It's a you didn't have Lazard, you didn't have your best wide receiver, which isn't a great wide receiver to have his best, regardless. And secondly, Green Bay had every chance to still win that game. They get stopped on fourth down. That would have made it a one possession game. You get a stop. You have uh, what's his goofy name drop just a wide open touchdown on the first offensive play of the game for Green Bay. Uh, Scoots. That's going to age horribly, and I look forward to it. I hate losing to the Vikings. I, I just uh, meant, but- I just meant by Packard standards, they're not going to be all right. But by the rest of the league, if you if you're if you're talking about like the Jets, they're gonna have a great record. But we're talking about the Packers. They're not gonna be twelve and five. Twelve and five is probably the best they're gonna be. Yeah, well, all right. We'll we'll see, pal. They're still gonna win the North. Hate no losing to the Vikings. No they're way. the worst. That stupid horn is oh well, you can you we can we always make that. You, you can put your uh money where your mouth is. Hate that oh, stupid the Steelers horn. Steelers are gonna stink but too. Like week one of the NFL and yeah. uh that was a wild game in Cincinnati. Like yeah, the yeah. the Bengals or the Steelers defense made the Bengals just look totally discombobulated, like they had no idea what to do. Uh, and then they and then the Steelers almost found a way to loss despite despite all the turnovers. But that oh, was it was uh, it was very much like Mitch Trubisky is going to turn the Steelers into the Bears. Let me just be a part of a ho hum ass offense. The defense is going to force five turnovers. But the offense can't do enough to even get them a win in regulation. They needed to have an injury to the long snapper, which, by the way, listening to that on the way home yesterday was just pure comedy because um, they, they have that XM channel that's like the red zone, right? So I'm getting Steve Lappin and Dan Horde uh, for that final possession. And Lapp, Lapp's just hilarious. He he gets so excited. And I thought the Bengals scored the game, the, the game tying go ahead touchdown, like, at least on five different plays in that final drive. And they kept talking about the snapper. They kept talking about the emergency long snapper. And I'm just thinking, how bad can it be, right? Like, long snapping, no offense to those guys, but your backup long snapper guy should be decent enough to just get the ball to him to be able to make a PAT. Well, uh, I, I was wrong. <laughs> it was it was a complete disaster. Uh, I feel like long snappers, just they, they gained a lot of street cred yesterday. When folks saw how big of a disaster it was once one got hurt, it's like, oh, 
maybe these guys are important. Yeah, and uh, speaking of long snapping, we we get to we'll probably talk about that regarding Kentucky's win against Florida. Uh, but no fun fun NFL Sunday. Good to have the NFL back. Uh, my local establishment where I went yesterday to watch the first half of the NFL games, uh, walking out, got a roll call from somebody. So whoever that was, you made me look cool in front of my friend. So uh, appreciate that. But I thought Green Bay was going to lose to Minnesota. Bet Minnesota money line. Have zero concerns, big picture, about where the Packers go from here. But Scooch, bold strategy, talking some football smack when you're a Steelers fan. I, that that hey. will not age poorly for you at all this year, I bet. We, we are 1-0, and baby. Come and on. I, I regret, honestly, rooting for the Steelers yesterday with the way that you've behaved to start this why, morning. Why would you have been rooting for the Steelers? Why not? It was an upset. You don't well, root for upsets? Justin, yeah. that was also the ultimate, like, Bengals, you're still the Bengals. Like you're gonna lose to the Steelers and then win 12, 13, 14 games. Like very much big brother, little brother. <laughs> yeah, like they're just they're just in the Bengals' head, even though they are definitely an inferior team. I mean, the <laughs> defensive touchdown still almost lost. Like, oh, oh gosh. How many turnovers do the Bengals have? Five. 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 Yeah. Five in have turnovers game. and they should have won the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Like yeah. <laughs> how do you lose that Bengals? Jesus. Uh the NFL's the yeah, NFL yeah. is great. But we're not we're, we'll maybe put a pin in the NFL. I, I would I certainly wouldn't mind talking more of it. It was a really, really fun Sunday. Have a game tonight. Or do we have the two games tonight? No, they just uh they're just doing the one. Okay. Uh, Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. There you so. go. I, I thought it was just the one. I I basically only know like the primetime games from a fantasy standpoint. So uh, I don't have anybody playing in either leagues tonight. So I was totally out of check of what was going on on Monday night football. But get one more game tonight, then we have to take a few day break from football. Boo! But we'll be right back at it uh later in the week. And cats. Top 10 team, they beat Florida. I guess, Roush, let's just opening opening statement on Kentucky's um, win against the Gators. Kentucky has won back-to-back games against the Gators for the first time in 41 years. They gave Mark Stoops his 61st victory, now the all-time winningest coach at Florida. And they did it by playing pretty average offense. Um, they weren't. This wasn't Kentucky's A game, right? They went down there and won by double digits while just kind of playing – average offensively they've still got work to do it was it was just good enough complimentary football because that defense is outstanding uh it's one of the best defensive performances i can recall while covering this kentucky football team i think you got to go back to that uh that that missouri second half in 2018 where they just didn't give up a first down it's not it's 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 in that same stratosphere right it wasn't as dominant but to be able to hold Anthony Richardson to only four rushing yards, and that wasn't like because he got sacked a bunch. He, he only technically took one sack, but Kentucky hit him a lot. Um, I think Jacquez Jones really set the tone on that early QB draw where he stood him up, forced Florida to kick a field goal. That was really their only long drive of the day. I'm pulling up their drive chart now, and they only had one drive over 40 yards the entire night. I mean, that defense was incredible. Uh, Florida got a few explosive plays, but for the most part, they zipped them up. They made big plays when they needed to, and uh, and 
and did just enough to help Kentucky get their offensive line going in that second half, get the running game, get a little bit of momentum. And really, it was a 10-point game, but TJ, this could have been a 21-point blowout if, if the Cats executed better and didn't make special teams mistakes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. On the flip side, though, the way UK's offense was playing in the first half, the miscues, uh, the punt miscue, obviously, the safety, it just it felt like UK was going to go at, into the half down two scores and you would be scratching your head as to why that were the case. Right. Obviously UK's offense was horrible, but it's like UK did not play poor enough to poorly enough to be down this score. And with what we've seen from the offense, is that going to be too much? And just shout out to Florida's dumb, dumb coaching staff for some of their decisions, play calling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of stuck in the first half here, but I'll get to some of their play calling and decision-making in the second half. But that interception was a complete and total game changer. And I don't mm-hmm. know if, that, if, if UK doesn't get that interception and get to another touchdown before the half, if UK wins, uh, you know, with how dominant the defense was in the second half, maybe, maybe they still find a way to pull it out. But that was such a game changer from a momentum standpoint, from a, okay, Cats are only going to be down three. That's that's more like it. And really, they shouldn't even be probably be down three at that rate. So that interception just completely changed everything. And also, I think it got into Florida's – I think it got into Anthony Richardson's head as well. Just like, oh, my goodness oh, gracious. It was freak athletes on the edge. I can't, I, I can't even just throw a simple little, like, out pass without it getting picked off, a one-handed interception. Uh, hell of a play. That was, I think, the the moment the game changed. And yeah. UK went into the half feeling, hey, we got this. We got something for you in the second half. It was an incredible play, too. Um, just an incredible effort. But to your point, TJ, that, the there was, from the angle that we were sitting at down there in the swamp, uh, you're up um, kind of in the far right corner. Uh, not, not far right corner, but it was probably like 15-ish yard line opposite of where Jordan Wright returned it. But you see the passing lanes pretty well um, because you you, you kind of get some of the, the vertical looks. And that entire second half, you know, they they rolled out Richardson quite a bit, right? Um, UK even said on film, they were like, on film, he likes to roll right. That's just, he's com- that's where he's at his most comfortable. But when he was rolling right every single time from that point forward, if there was somebody in between him and his target, he was way too skittish, way too hesitant to throw it because he had that he had that stuck in his brain, right? Like mm-hmm. when you make a play like Jordan Wright made, there's just it, – it's so hard to, to get past that block. And Wright was hilarious talking about it after the game, just like put my hand out there, just wanted to get a hand – you know, to tip it. And I looked down and it was in my hand. <laughs> just like – um, I mean, it was, it's one of the most incredible interceptions I've ever seen and time and place too. that, that, as you put it, that, that changed the game. It, and he made the point beforehand and, you know, some of these guys, like they'll, they'll always say stuff like this, like, I'm going to go get a turnover. Cause that's just the confidence they have. But like, that's exactly what he said before half It's like, I'm, I gotta, we gotta go make a play because. As bad as that uh, scoreboard looked the final, the last time they went to Florida, it was a close game going into halftime. They give up a punt return touchdown to Tony right before half, blow, then score in the first possession, blows it open. Kentucky did the opposite this time. They get the interception uh, before half, score a touchdown, 
and then get a field goal to open the possession of the second half, tie the ball game. And, and Kentucky had all of the momentum thanks to some middle eight momentum and Jordan Wright's outstanding interception. It was a hell of a play, it, exactly what UK needed at that juncture. Uh, it, it, I, when I was watching the game, I was thinking to myself, defense is going to have to not necessarily win this game for UK, but it's going to have to kind of give the, the offense a shot in the arm. They, the defense did go out there and win the game. Now, that's not to say there weren't some nice plays from the offense, and I think a lot of credit and tip of the cap needs to go to the offensive line because, again, if you were watching that game on Saturday night and you saw those first few possessions – yikes like oh no the offensive line against Miami wasn't just uh maybe they were too small maybe it was a wonky matchup maybe they've got some stuff to figure out when you're seeing Flax just get put pushed into oh, man. that was so child. bad like it would have been like me you or scoots out there against one of the Florida defense alignment I was just like this is not gonna be good second half they just kind of controlled yeah. what they needed to control. It didn't always equal out to points for UK. And again, there were some miscues and a little sloppiness here or there, but it was such a turnaround. And again, I just, I, I can't help but think maybe it was the fact they went into halftime saying like, Hey, we're right in this thing. Let's just, let's keep at it. Let's wear them down. Uh, I, and I don't know if, what the mentality is or the mindset is if UK is down six to 16 at the half. So they turned it around in a big way. Smoke was able to get something going. It's still not the offensive line or rushing attack that we're, we're used to for UK, but that almost makes all this even more beautiful. Like you said right. to start, Roush, that UK didn't play anywhere close to its A-plus game. Defensively, I would say it was an A, you know, I would say it was an A, A-minus, uh, probably an A. But offensively, far from it, from a total team effort, especially when you take into special teams, you know, probably a B-minus performance, maybe a B performance, all things considered. You win by double digits. You're two and zero. Oh, you're number nine team in the country, and you'll be four and zero oh heading into to Oxford and that old Miss game. You win that, dream big. I mean, dream big regardless. But you, you'll have a chance really to potentially go into Tennessee undefeated if you can take care of business at home. I know I'm getting obviously way ahead of myself, but the the dream season Ooh. remains alive with the win at Florida. Not that it would have changed things greatly if Kentucky lost down there, but now it's. It, you, you still really control your own destiny. Well, you do really whatever you want. And, and especially over the next couple of weeks, right? Like we get to dream, we get to have fun for the rest of the month of September. And we get to talk about going down and kicking all Miss's ass. Like we get to have the biggest heads on the planet because the cats just went down there and took care of business at Florida. They were the better team. It was abundantly clear that Kentucky has a good football team. The Wildcats are now ranked ninth thanks to the madness on Saturday, highest ranking since 2007. When you start the season at this point, too, TJ, like I tweeted out the the bowl projection of the Sugar Bowl, right? And somebody's like, "Oh, this is week two, or oh, we've seen this before." Well, it's it's different when it's it's after week two because college football is a very dumb sport in that preseason rankings actually do kind of matter. And starting up high actually does matter quite a bit because then you don't fall. <laughs> if you do slip up, when you make that slide afterwards, it's not as dramatic, right? And you're still kind of in the thick of things. Kentucky has changed a lot of people's perspective. And now we get to dream big. We get to have fun. And, whew, man, was that fun on Saturday. It was a great time. Enjoyed every second of it. 
UK is number nine. There are two SEC teams ranked higher than the Cats. That is Georgia and Alabama, which are one and two, and then uh, and then a handful of other teams before you get to UK and Arkansas that round out the top ten. So four top ten SEC teams, uh, pretty pretty impressive. We've got a lot more to talk about on today's game, but I want to remind you about our friends at Thornton's. You pop in, you get some donuts, you get my, my buddy was telling me about the long john he got over the weekend, and he was like, I, I couldn't finish it all. It was too big. I saved the other for about a few hours later, and it was a delicious, delicious treat. They've got plenty of treats, snacks, coffee, fresh fruit. If you're looking to stay a little healthier, Thornton's has it all. Pop in today, get your week started off on the right foot. Roush, second half, UK does what it needs to do, starts getting a little bit momentum offensively. Still, that missed field goal was was not what we were looking for, obviously. But how about those fourth down calls by Florida? I thought both of them were were dumb decisions. I think the second one you could maybe make a case for, like, oh, there's only four minutes left. We got a we, we we're a little bit more desperate. But both those calls were horrible. Both of them, you put them in the hands of your quarterback who was as inaccurate as it gets. Uh, I I was just thrilled when they lined up to go for it. And I and Kentucky burned that one time out. But I was like, keep going for it. Go for it. This is the best thing that can happen for UK's offense. You're going to give us a short field. And what do they do, folks? They actually go for it. They make bad decisions, bad plays. UK takes over. Unable to capitalize on the first one, unfortunately, but you at least chewed up some clock, and, and you were still ahead of the, the field and the field position game. The second one, it ends up icing the game for the Cats. God, God bless you, Billy Napier. Those were horrible, horrible <laughs> decisions. Oh, man. The, uh, the, the Stoop said after the game, he's like, that – he wasn't surprised, right? That's Napier's kind of mo is is going forward on fourth down. But so, like going into the game, the defense was he wanted to make sure that these guys knew that a third down stop they can't let down. They have to be prepared to go out and get another stop on fourth down. And but he thought that it would at least be past the fifty. That first one, that was really dumb. That was really dumb because the, like. The thing was, is it's not like Kentucky's offense was scoring at will against the Florida defense. I know that Napier was probably well aware of how tired his offense was, but to just be like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to run a slant. I mean, Richardson at that point was like four of 20. He was terrible. You know, like his, they, they were so inefficient in the passing game. And, and I use the word inefficient in particular because the easy catch and throw stuff. Like that—that th that just wasn't a thing, you know. It was like Eddie Grant offense, where if you got plays, it was—it was very laborious. But you would get 12, 15 yards. Maybe a guy would break a tackle and get like twenty or something like that. But there wasn't—it just Florida could do nothing routine in the passing game. They tried going after Carrington Valentine, and I just hope that all of you people out there that have just been like sighing and screaming every time they throw the ball towards Carrington. Dude had three pass deflections on Saturday, including that one on fourth down. He made he made some big boy plays, and that, that really changed the game. And, TJ, I know that Kentucky did end up missing that field goal, and that was – I really do feel like that was kind of karma for the 2018 when Florida had that one that looked like it was going in, and they they, they all thought it went in, but they it was no good. It's like okay, you know what? Well, we'll this one was going to go in, and then like all of a sudden it took a late hook and went out. Like okay, fine, um, we'll take this one. Doesn't matter. 
get another stop on fourth down, I run the clock out, and then kick another chip shot field goal to make it a two-score game. Well, shoot me straight here, Roush. When Kedron Smith gets that interception, did you think Richardson was going to make the one-on-one tackle? No, no. <laughs> Not a chance in France. It, it well, wasn't pretty exciting. Like, oh, oh, I mean, first off, the pick, everybody just goes nuts. What a horrible throw. It was such a bad <laughs> throw. He almost missed the DB, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really, he almost did. Like, he almost overran the route. It was such a such a bad mm. throw. But then he intercepts it, and I'm thinking, like, all right, he's gone. But Anthony Richardson, he's an athletic quarterback. I don't think as fast or as quick as, as Smith was, but – yeah, crossed him up real good. It made for a hell of a picture. Richardson's uh, first touchdown pass of the year. So congrats, oh. Anthony. It was a great touchdown wow. throw. Uh, Smith said after the game, too, he was like, yeah, they get they gave me a lot of crap for not scoring last week. Like, I had to score this week. <laughs> he also almost nearly had a pick on that last possession. The game was over. Kentucky, yeah. Kentucky was up 10. Florida was just being, being goofy. But, yeah, he almost had a pick on that one as well. Oh. Defense. Man, the one, the square, he almost picked off that screen pass and housed it. Like, it was just oh. off his fingertips. That would have been killer as well. Yeah, I love this defense. And not, like, I picked Florida to win, I think, 24 to 23. And as the week went on, though, I just started to feel better. I don't it, Maybe it was just reading more about Florida or watching some of their highlights against Utah again. or Like, it just was a good matchup for Kentucky's defense. Offensively, I had concerns, big-time concerns. Offensive line, I had big-time concerns. But uh, in regards to the defense, it's just such an athletic front seven. And the secondary, I think, is underrated. But even if the secondary is the worst part of this defensive unit, uh, it's still better than half the SEC, which means it's still better than – 70 80 percent of college football if not more than that uh so if that's the weakness it's a pretty darn good weakness to have but in the front seven i think the only way you can beat this kentucky team is just to try to bully them and overpower power them right up the middle and the only team that i think can do that is georgia on the schedule i think alabama could do that if they wanted to as well but for the teams that are going to try to go on edges and you know just try to get out in space i don't it's really tough to do that against the athleticism of UK's front seven. They're big, they're fast, they're long, they're athletic. It's it's really like a dream build for a defense uh, in the front. And Florida just could get nothing going throughout the game. Um, and I like some of Florida's play calls. They, of course, the fourth downs, as I already mentioned, were idiotic. But I, I thought they had some creativity. Richardson just could not – they were daring him to beat him with his arm and not up to the challenge. Need not apply, Mr. Richardson. And now – once the Heisman favorite after one week, it has it was short lived. Well, and hats off to that front seven, specifically the rush defense. I, I had mentioned that Richardson's running was a problem going into this game. Richardson Richardson had four yards rushing, like that's incredible. Yeah, a yeah. lot of Florida fans were like head scratching. Was he hurt? Did he? Why wouldn't you run him more? <laughs> Oh, my God. Those idiots. They're so stupid. Oh, man. One of the collectively just a dumb – especially if you go down there and you have to interact with them, they're just dum-dums. Like, we grew up with good football, so we're just going to be ever, better than everybody. Just dumb, entitled idiots who, oh, Anthony Richardson, he got he, he got a boo-boo on the second play of the game. There was no call. He He was hurt. That's why he was bad. Sure, that that that's why he was bad. It wasn't the defense that got inside his brain and just let it sit there. 
the 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 rent free in your head thing is a dumb expression, but like Kentucky really did get in his head all night. And you know what, Scoots, the 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 rush defense elsewhere, they ended up getting 136 yards because they they busted a couple of big plays. Um, but for the most part, I mean that tackle that Deion Walker had on the third down, their way, what a freaking man! I yeah. mean, he just absolutely blew that up. Um, and, and the, the thing that the, the, if you look at the, really the big lopsided stats where it's just like, okay, well, this is why they four they, they were four of 16 on third down. And it's because Kentucky didn't let them get in very obvious, easy, manageable third and short situations. The kind of situations that Richardson was great at a week before that, that he, where he was great at in the red zone were in short yardage that they, they could turn to him and he could find a way to just make a play. And, and get a few yards. Kentucky made life difficult all night on first and second down, which made it easier for them on third to pin their ears back and to get really crazy. I know people give Brad White a lot of crap for, oh, he's just so boring, or uh, they're just sitting back eight yards off and doing this. Like, there was a lot of times pre-snap where you had seven guys crowding the line of scrimmage, and you didn't know who was going to go where, right? He, had, he got... Jordan right back. He got his experienced linebackers, and you saw a defense just really throw the book at Billy Napier. And you know the the group of five coach. He was he was befuddled. He was left stumped, and the Cats were able to just choke the Gators all night long. Ah, uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and so many people that we've mentioned throughout the show today are young. They're going to be in the program for several years. Shout out to Dane Key. That touchdown pass, I don't think I've – the noises I made after, like – that's why I like the Leach call on it so much is because I think that they they had they had the U.K. fan base reaction. Levis drops back. He's don't got ruin a it. rip. And, and we're going to play it. I don't, chill out, Scoots. Let me do my own thing first. <laughs> you and I are on the same page today, and I don't like it one bit. Don't like it one bit. You and I are always on the same page. Anyways. And then it was like, all right, I love the idea. Just throw it up in the air. Sometimes you just got to let your playmaker make a play. Let's see what co- – oh, my gosh, he caught it. Did he catch it? No, he <laughs> caught it. I think he caught it. And then the commentary, Roush, you were at the game, so I don't know if you've had a chance to, like, go back and listen to the ESPN broadcast. I forget who it was, but he was like, no, you can't catch your you can't catch the ball with your leg. It was like, well, yeah, you can if you catch it. Like, you know, <laughs> you can get your leg and catch the ball. Um well, the part that was killing me, TJ, is that they kept showing the different angles in the stadium, and those dumb, dumb Florida fans were just, oh, like you know, they they would like see an angle and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, they start cheering. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's a catch. Like the ball is not even close to the ground. I don't know what angle you're looking at. It's like they were trying to find an excuse to not make it a catch. No, it was just an incredible catch. Um, man, that guy. You know, it was close. You saw the ball bobbling around. But the issue was you just never saw the ball hit the ground. So, like, how are you going to overturn a touchdown call when you never got, like, the angle of the ball actually touching the grass? But it was a hell of a play. It was a hell of a launch. A contested catch, too. I mean, like a freshman to make that catch in the swamp in that stage, especially when UK's offense was a little lifeless at the time. Here's the call. Oh, I was not ready. I'm playing it as a rejoin. When we come back from break is my plan. So not on the same page today. (laughs) 
We'll go to a break. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. We'll come back with the legendary Tom Leach and Mike Leach. Jeez Louise. We'll come back with the call. And I'm really bummed I never got to hear the Leach call of the pick six. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened with that. But we'll come back. We'll talk about it. We've got more. Kentucky's a top 10 football team, everybody. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Hey, hey, we're gonna get you too. Another one bites the dust. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Play fake, and Levis is setting deep. Has time this time. He is throwing down the middle of the field. He's got a man out there. It's Key. Catch it. Did he hit it? a freshman tom he is a freshman that was one-on-one coverage those are the balls you always hear coaches talk about the 50 50 balls he got great position he was able to get his body between the defender and the ball and he went up as you said and snatched it out of the air like a uh, rebounder he went after like oscar sheboy yep. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. There it is. There was the call. Roush, that was the first time you got to hear it. What did you think? Sounds like Pecoro. I was laughing. It sounded like he like left the room. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> he just ran out. <laughs> Oh, that was that was my reaction. We were watching out on the deck and made a little fire, and I just I like took off running. I was like, I cannot believe he he made that catch, and that was my same reaction too. Like that's a freshman. Uh, he is, uh, you know, Barry and Brown made some plays last week. It's just there's a lot of youth, and it's really a talented group of young players. That that uh, just another another example of how the the program has elevated over the years. So hey, speaking of Barry and Brown, I have some stats on him. Did yep, you know week week one, Barry and Brown was the fastest player in college football? Yes. At, I did, at, I did that. at his 22 miles an hour, there were only three NFL players all of last season hit 22 miles an hour. Ooh, that is, that's a fun little anecdote to add to that. Yep. Yeah, I did not know that part, Scooch. That's interesting. I always think the player speed thing, it, me and one of my good friends argue about it all the time because I'm just like, it's all situational. You have to be able to get in a position to be able, like it's got to be a, a interception return or like mm-hmm. a missed tackle on a pass where you just have, you know, 40 yards to run free or a kickoff return or a punt return. It's got to be situational. It doesn't really like just because those people get tracked the fastest doesn't mean they're the fastest in their sport, but it's still impressive. 20, what was it? 22 miles an hour while wearing full pads in a game. Uh, but I did not know that only three NFL players had faster track times. But it's just like if you can track it, then it's probably going to be impressive. But a lot of them you can't track because you don't have huge breakout plays. Exactly. Um, but that was from week one. Week two, we got to talk about some more awesomeness from the swamp. And Shout out to the offensive line for not losing confidence, right? Because it was it, it could have been very easy to lose confidence. Offensive line and the running backs, both of them in general, because 
in that that first half, there was um, it wasn't completely on them, right, TJ? Like there was at least one of those sacks where you could see the running back just not get his nose in there and apply some pass protection uh, for those guys to to bounce back after a pretty rough first six quarters of the season. I mean, it was it was tough not only in the pass protection aspect of things, um, but in the in the running game. Right, like they had been struggling so much um, that they finally gave Will some time on that touchdown to Dinky. That was probably the longest developing play of that first half, um, and it turns into a score. Second half, they come back out. They've, they've got their stuff together. Uh, not only are, do the does the offensive line kind of get rolling downhill, but Smoke starts seeing the holes better. Right, there was a there was a couple instances, TJ, where I felt like I'm I'm looking at the hole and they're just they're just missing it. Uh, didn't miss him in the second half. He had four rushes over 10-plus yards, average around six yards per carry to really wear down that Florida defense. And that was something that um, when I when previewing the game, like that, that, that was one of their biggest weaknesses was the depth on that defensive line with their linebackers. In Kentucky, they exploited it. They exploited the linebackers in the first half by really throwing it to the tight ends. Um, we got to see a lot of that. And in the second half, they just ran it right at them. I mean, they – that backup defensive tackle, he was Matt Elam, but like more Matt Elamer, you know? I mean, he was just enormous, and Kentucky was just leaning on him throughout the entire second half. Yeah, a lot of really, really good stuff. I've been super impressed with Scangarello and his, his schemes, his play calling, how they're getting athletes in space, and really kind of making the most with some holes on the offensive line. Hopefully, maybe more time, more experience, it can get better and they'll improve. And there'd be no reason to think that it wouldn't as time goes on. But it, it, it's still, it's probably just not the most talented offensive line you're going to have uh, in the Mark Stoops era at Kentucky. And that's okay. They're still finding ways to make it work. They're adjusting, they're surviving, they're advancing. I, I've really, really enjoyed what I've seen out of him, first-year offensive coordinator for Kentucky, three offensive coordinators in three seasons. And we were all over the moon, excited about Liam Cohen. And, uh, you know, there's no reason to think that Scangarello's not just as good or you know, just as uh, at least two games in. So far, so good for the Cats there. And uh, obviously different different makeup of rosters than what Cohen had and what Scangarello has. But I will say this. I just want to talk about this play. The, the targeting, not targeting, I don't, like, I guess maybe you can make a case that hitting somebody directly in the face mask isn't helmet to helmet. I, I, I'm not 100% sure how you overturn that. That seemed like a terrible call, although I really did hate the run play to smoke on on third down. Uh, you needed, and I get it, Levis had to come out, which is also dumb, but probably would have been worth it maybe just to take a time out there. You were five yards away, six yards away, seven yards away from maybe being in field goal range. And secondly, instead of just running the ball and waving the white flag, Worst case scenario, just throw it in the end zone. If you get to pick, who cares? If it maybe yeah, or another player comes down with another insane play, maybe you get a flag, you can move the chains. I, that was really probably my least favorite play call of the entire evening. But besides that, what what was your take on the helmet-to-helmet targeting overturned? Because that just seemed idiotic to me. Well, I would like to add, I, I, I'm, I am with you on the field goal range aspect of things. Um but there was it was very funny to me all the people who were getting mad about screen calls on after giving up those long second down sacks. It's like, 
that's that's kind of the you're getting sacked because you can't block. So why would you call like some long developing like you can't protect anybody? You know, like it's kind of there's people like that. You got into this position because you can't block anybody for a long period of time. You have to throw a screen or run the ball in a lot of those instances. Uh, As for the targeting, the uh, the thing with me, and I I, I have uh, uh, an inside. I've got my own uh, SEC replay official source, who's like a family friend, and so that's where I'll get my explanations. And the explanation I got is because that it wasn't crown of the helmet. You can hit face mask to face mask with somebody. It, it that's cool, right? Um, the other thing is that quarterbacks are technically defenseless while they're throwing. He wasn't throwing it at the time. He was still holding on to the football. Um, I, I thought that it was we we might be getting into the launching aspect of things um, because he does kind of seem to leave his feet a little bit there, um, but. The more they have, like the the more I hear people like tell me why it isn't, the more I get it. But at the same time, I still, when I see a targeting play happen in real time, I I, I wish I could tell or not what it is, but I just can't. Like I I have no idea. Even with my my source explaining things to me, I kind of get it in hindsight, but I can't play judge on a targeting call. As it happens, like I just I, you flip a coin, you know, 50 50, it could go one way or, or completely another because I have no idea. It's worse than when we were doing the what's a catch in the NFL thing, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I just, I have no idea, I have no idea, can't tell at all when it comes to targeting. But I thought that the helmet to helmet contact, even if it wasn't with the crown of the helmet, would be at least worth a little something. Even so, Kentucky did kind of get it back because they, they were, they were fortunate that after the Jordan Wright interception that um, they got a roughing the passer for the low shot. They don't always call that. um, But when you like grab up a dude by the ankle and then just twist him and throw him down, like they're going to call that. So they they got fortunate. They got roughing the passer there, even though uh, I'm surprised if, if nothing else, TJ, I thought they'd get roughing the passer for just hitting the quarterback high. Yeah. I I also, I have same, same confusion you had. It would be, it'd be really nice if they could just, define that in the offseason it's only week two but like if they could just be as clear as possible on what it is or make it like ambiguous and be like we're looking for intent to hurt or excessive you know if you accidentally just barely nick your helmet with their helmet we're not we're gonna let that slide but if you're coming in balls blazing and you nail them right in the helmet then we're going to uh we're going to throw the flag on that. So I don't know. It, it was frustrating, but luckily it ended up not being too big of a deal. And you're right. Kentucky, I, don't, I wouldn't say got fortunate calls, but I don't think the officials really played a big part in the game one way or another. And that's usually the sign of a pretty good officiated game, all things considered. So, well, and, and the, the part that I think um, to just touch on the offensive line play in particular, I, I alluded to it earlier where it's not just one person messing up like obviously flax getting blown up that was a draft killer that quarterback draw was wide open levis was going to probably rush for 10 yards right there but a lot of these mistakes are from a variety of people and that one in particular was levis's fault like he got rocked and he said after the game like yeah if i don't want to get hit like that then like that that was the protection was going the other way he was my hot guy i had to be accountable for him and i got rocked um he also said 
maybe if I would have laid down on the ground for a little while and, and rolled around and like I was in pain, then maybe they would have called the flag and, <laughs> and kept it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not wrong. Sadly, it's true as, uh, as that would probably be. It's, uh, but whatever. It, it, it's in, Teams get bit on that. You don't, nobody really knows. Sometimes you think the officials may not really even know. I just don't know how you review it and say like, oh, you know what? Actually, clean hit. We're all, we're all good here. Uh, that seemed wild to me. But Cats win, so who really cares? We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And I want to tell you about Salsaritas. Maybe you're hungry for lunch or you don't have lunch plans. Maybe you don't have dinner plans. Monday night football with some hot, spicy salsa, wildly addictive chips, two locations in Louisville, Middletown, it has a drive-thru, and St. Matthew's off Hubbard's. Deliciously different, Salsarita's Fresh Mexican Grill. Download the app, too. You'll save some time. You will save some money. Roush, what was just the what was the scene in the swamp? Looked like a great atmosphere. Uh, what, were, what was the scene after the game when Kentucky had won and everybody was hooting and hollering? The... Um... The one thing that is a little disappointing when you go down there is that they're also blue, so you can't differentiate between the Kentucky and Florida fans when you just stare at the stadium, right? Like you get because I know there was talk about like, oh, they only sold so much their allotment. There was a lot of Kentucky fans down there, a lot. Um, and before the game was over with, I actually went over to the uh, UK section and I had a. Uh, like like right when Will Levis after the game when he went up and stood in the crowd that was right in front of me and the 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 Wildcat fans that were down there there was um I I got the sense so the last time I made the trip down there was 2018 and those fans were just hysterical right because you were hopeful but nobody actually anticipated it to happen like there was there was very much a shock value this go around. There was a, I think we're good enough to do this. I want to be there for it if we can. And then when it actually happened, there's a, holy crap, I just watched Kentucky win in the swamp. This is the best thing ever. Like it, it And it's, it's really hard to um, put into words that sort of just like, oh, my God, I watched this. Like after the game, my dad, he so he ended up, uh, he, he got a solo ticket. My brother and his friends were just a couple rows ahead of him, so they could kind of like, you know, wave and yell at each other from afar. But he was just in the sea of Florida fans, right? And he still was just like uh, grateful because, I mean, Kentucky winning in the swamp. It's happened. That's the sixth time it's ever happened. There's just something about not only winning on the road, but winning in that place where those people, they really were nasty. Like all Friday night, um, you know, we, we went out uh, to the bars with, uh, Luckett and his, his crew. Um, and you know, there was a lot of just like Gator chomping Kentucky effing sucks. Like go Gators. I mean, not, not even you, you got like the one or two off where they'd be like, they would try to go out of their way to be nice to you. But for the most part, they were just nasty or indifferent because they're Florida. They're better than Kentucky. They're not supposed to lose to Kentucky and to go down there. And to just beat the snot out of him. I love that Will Levis said he 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 didn't watch the final field goal because he wanted to see uh he wanted to see the students when they knew that the game was over and they were gonna lose. <laughs> I mean, that was that was the kind of the vibe down there, right? Like, we're gonna enjoy this moment. They don't happen a ton, but Kentucky was the better team. 
and we're going to soak up every single second of this awesome, awesome win. Did I hear that right, Roush, that they've only won in the Swamp six times? Six times ever. Like wow. I, I've been to 33% of all Kentucky wins at Florida. That's wild. <laughs> That's really cool for you to be able yeah. to say that for what it's worth. Back to uh, back. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I've got to go to Gainesville in perpetuity, you know? Yeah, you weren't there in 2020. Uh, the the video was really cute with Levis. He was like holding on to slacks and, you know, couldn't watch, but then it wasn't. And then he just instantly just started talking smack the second the field goal went through. <laughs> yeah, it really so did make for a pretty funny video. Uh, let's, let, let's end our one here. We'll come back. We, it won't be eight Oh eight. It'll be, you know, it'll be eight Oh two. And we'll have a full hour to do Thornton's text line, get the reaction from the fans over the weekend. A lot of good texts coming in during the game as it so often is we're going to do our best to try to get to all of them it is a really really fun monday to be a kentucky football fan and we've got another hour to talk about it this is kentucky roll call on big exports radio pj walker Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Kentucky 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Cats win, always make these shows a heck of a lot more fun. We spent the whole first hour breaking it down, so make sure you go back, you listen on podcasts, hopefully wherever you get your podcasts. New week, hopefully we don't have issues with that. And then, of course, replay of Kentucky Roll Call goes 9 to 11. You can listen on the TuneIn Radio app. You can tell your Alexa to play Big X Sports Radio. Plenty of ways to listen to Kentucky Roll Call. It's going to be a happy shows all across the Big X Sports Radio today. IU gets a win over the weekend. Scoots, way to go. Oh, my gosh. I So, full disclosure, after going to bed at halftime of that game, Indiana losing 10 to nothing, I woke up the next day and I looked at my roommate and I said, man, I might be a Kentucky football fan. Because I, I just don't know if I can Whoa. do it anymore. It's it's bad. I mean, it's it's hard to watch. We can't do anything offensively, defensively. It's horrible. You all I won, don't enjoy it. We did win, but, I mean, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I was surprised that we won. When I woke up in the morning and I checked the score, I was like, wow, we actually beat them somewhat handily. Didn't cover, though, so that's cool. <laughs> well, they win. So the Hoosier report going to be good news. And man. then the Cardinals get a win on Friday night. That seems oh, like man. great, but that God. was, that was as ugly as a football game. I think I've watched, but that being said, if I were a UVL fan, I wouldn't give one fart. I would just Can- be so happy that you are talking about a win instead of a loss. So the Rutherford show will be in good spirits at three o'clock this afternoon. I'm sure. I'm just so disappointed. Like, Never again let me bet on Gus Malzahn. Never again. Because that, God, what an idiot. No wonder Auburn fired that moron. That was really my only, like, I, that, that and the Tennessee over were the only bets I missed all weekend. 
and I it just I invested I invested too much in the cards to just lay a complete to drop a deuce and uh they did not so good for them um I'm, I'm now at the point TJ where I don't want a Scott Frost situation to happen so good on you Satterfield like let's let's make it to week 12. Yeah, the thing is, you know, U of L, they have another Friday night game this week. They win that one. You kind of, at least their fan base, you, you, they'll forget about that Syracuse game. Yeah, Not that yeah. I think they'll be thinking, you know, big picture, we're going to do this, that, or the other, but it'll at least be maybe we can keep this recruiting class together with a solid six, seven win season. Now, again, would that mean you still have Satterfield moving forward? I don't know. Those are conversations that I guess UL fans will have. But uh, they, they, it's better to talk about wins than losses in this business. There's no doubt about that. So it'll be a happy Big X Sports Radio all throughout the day today. And it's going to be nice weather, too. I definitely would go to ShadyRays.com, check out their selection, quality. They've got just the best sunglasses, every different type for any sort of occasion. Go to ShadyRays.com to learn more. I have and 74 today. You use the promo code BIGX for 25% at checkout. Yeah, that's great, Scoots. Love Big hearing that. Well, Love now hearing showing, that. Now I'm showing 73, so even better. Oh, uh, wow. That's amazing. Almost um, almost as amazing. Can can we just give it up for Roman Harper, everybody? Thanks, Thanks, Roman. Oh, a special suck it to Clay Travis, too, just with the most horrible analysis of the Kentucky-Florida game. Um, somebody that clearly is not up to snuff with college football or up to date. But that was, you know, I don't get bothered by opinions or other people writing, but I do get bothered by just people that have huge platforms that do no work at all. Which like, is a lot of them. Well, it is a lot of them. And, like, they, they tell on themselves almost every year when discussing U.K. football. Not that you need to be the expert on Kentucky football, but U.K. has had two 10-win seasons in the last four years. Like, it's a program that people should be aware of. And the old Florida is Florida, Kentucky's Kentucky, and, and, and they're going to put them back in their place on Saturday. Why? Like, what you know, what about Florida made you so sure? What about Kentucky? But no Oh, so that was there. his pick analysis? That you screenshot it out? Yes, that was it. Oh, well, well, but TJ, let me just explain to you how he reached that conclusion. Um, he I probably is in, he's in charge of doing a lot of things. He needs to make a certain amount of picks. So he's just going to take the road of like, I don't really know much about this game, but I like Florida. So I'll get, I'll take the Gators. Right. Like, and that was just his analysis. It yeah. Just, and then, you know, bring up the basketballs. Just like the, the most yeah. tired takes that you're going that should be the name of his website, tiredtakes.com. Tired takes, that would be pretty good. Um, the thing is, the thing that, see, that, though, is not surprising to me. What's surprising to me, though, is that, like, Roman Harper is paid to cover the SEC closely. Like, that's his only job. And he went out and did, like, the he did the most insulting thing you could possibly do. You can say that you're going to pick Kentucky to lose, but he called him soft. He might as well just, like, spit in Stoops' mom's face. I mean, I know that he's Mr. We don't pay attention to that stuff. We don't need outside motivation. But that's an exception. Like Calling Kentucky soft, that ticked off Mark Stoops. And, man, did they they did they play like they were not the softer team out there, right? Like, um, I love the, the locker room. He said, you know, who's soft now? Um, and then he had more of a thinly veiled shot at, like, at, at, after the game. Like, we may win, we may lose, but by God, we're going to play tough football. 
And that's what Kentucky did. They played tough, hard-nosed football. They leaned into Florida. They were physical in the trenches. Big old suck it to Roman Harper for really just kind of guaranteeing the win. That's like when, when Herb Street celebrated the entire panel picking Florida, uh, he knew. Right, he knew that Mark Stoops like that is like it's like oh perfect like this is this is where Mark Stoops is at his best backs against the wall that video of him going into the fourth quarter pacing down the sidelines while the entire ninety thousand people in the stands are saying I won't back down and he's just like oh you're gonna back down all right like oh man just oh perfect. It was great. A lot of awesome content from Saturday's win in the Swamp. Scoots, which game on Saturday was the biggest surprise to you? Uh, Appalachian State. No, no. Marshall and Notre Dame for sure. I mean, Notre Dame was 20 and a half point favorites, I believe, going into that one. I almost made that one of my picks last week. So, yeah, that one really surprised me. Gosh, there's so many to choose from. Roush, what about you? So, the the Marshall one is the most surprising, but the most disappointing one does need to be Texas A and M. Like that 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 one's the biggest I think impact because like you know Marcus Freeman, it's early on. Um, his quarterback got hurt late, but like they don't really have a lot of skilled offensive weapons. I think the biggest surprise is just that their offensive line isn't as good as we thought they would be, um, and so they can't like just run the football. I mean, you can't push you can't push around a Sun Belt team, um, but the the a and m and also alabama like I, I was very surprised by that game because we just thought that alabama would be so much further along turns out bill o'brien might just stink as a play caller um so that's funny but texas a and m they lost 17 to 14 and they should have lost like 28 to 7 they scored one offensive touchdown one of them was a kickoff return i think they only had 189 yards of offense like jimbo what the hell are you doing, man? I, I love that the criticism of Jimbo is that he's smartest guy in the room. He makes his offense way too difficult on his quarterbacks. And my favorite part is that they're just they're they're playing a quarterback they shouldn't be playing just because he was the guy he recruited and he he has it's his guy, right? He doesn't want to have to take a transfer guy. Max Johnson's a better, like he's just better. Um, he's a lot better. Yeah. Like, he should be playing right now. The fact that they lost that game was laughable. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. Uh, I, I, I'm i not going to pick this one because, obviously, it didn't end up happening. But the fact that Texas went toe-to-toe with Alabama with Ewers, Ewers, Ewers out of the game, that was unbelievable. That was truly unbelievable. And then also the heat, it was like 120 by the time the, the fourth quarter started down there. But the fact that Texas still had a really, really good chance, maybe should have won that game without their starting quarterback, who was just throwing dime after dime before he got hurt, that was insane to see as well. That was a really fun game. That really got us off to a crazy college football Saturday with that being at noon. And then I don't I don't know. You know, I, I think the fact that Wisconsin lost to Washington State at home. I know Washington State's a power five team, but that was uh that was head scratching. That was surprising. It was a wild day of college football. And uh yeah, Notre Dame now unranked. Mm-hmm. They have zero wins on the year. Nebraska losing record. They don't have a head coach. And we gotta bring it up. I think it was CBS Sports. They said their first possible candidate to re, to to take over the job at Nebraska, 
Mark Stoops. <laughs> Dennis Dodd. What an idiot. Oh, man. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm good, good on you, Jimmy Sexton. But, like, first off, I just, I'm tired of, like, any, like, like Mark Mark Stoops ain't leaving. Um, but secondly, he would never in a th- like Dennis. I know you need to have a lot of names out there, but like you should know of all people how close the Stoopses are with the Polinis. He's no Stoops in the right mind would ever coach in that place ever after what happened with Bo Polini. Like it's not even. I'm I'm wasting breath as we speak, just even alluding to it as a possibility. Matt Campbell's the one that if it's not Matt Campbell, then like the Nebraska really is just going to be a joke of a program for decades. Like they they they're, they're might as well be Vandy. Like if you can't get Matt Campbell here, then you're not going to get anybody worth a damn. And when, as Kentucky as has been successful, continues to be successful, the season's going to be fun. Now UK, a top 10 team, national media can't ignore talking about Kentucky. Uh, although I will say just the next two weeks, UK playing nobody of nobody that really moves the needle from a national level. I bet UK probably drops in the polls by the time they go. I, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if UK is not a top 10 team when they go play at Ole Miss. And it'll, we'll probably think that that's ridiculous, but it is what it is. But people are going to have to talk about them now. And when they're going to talk about them, they're going to talk about Stoops, other jobs. He'll get mentioned with that. And it's just a great time right now, Roush, to, to build the statue. Oh, yeah. It is a good time build to the build the statue. We've been talking I, about uh, it for several years. Now it's time to, to make it happen. Oh, man. The uh, Colossus of Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for but, it. but you'll hear him in all seriousness you'll hear his name mentioned on other jobs and while we have our issues with uk's athletic director hopefully mitch barnhart is making sure stoops is happy making sure you know if you need to do an extension or whatever else you need to do with contracts that you're going to stay competitive and be able to fend off if, if a big boy does eventually come calling but He's the all-time winningest coach at UK. It's his program. I think you can make a really strong case. He has one of the best jobs in college football right now. Like, UK just beat Florida, which is a huge win. As Roush mentioned, only the sixth time ever in the swamp, or Scoots mentioned, only sixth time ever in the swamp. They were burning couches and partying on State Street. Like, you know, it's – it's he, he wouldn't – he could have probably two straight bad seasons and his seat wouldn't get hot. You really can't say that about many places in the SEC. He's considered the the gold standard of UK football. So I think he does have one of the better jobs out there. Now, could he if an Ohio State or Michigan came calling, would he have to take a hard, long look at that? Absolutely. Of course he would. But I, I do think he's got one of the better jobs in the sport. He's paid. Uh, I think he gets top 10 money rush. I could be wrong about that. Top 15 for sure. And again, the expectations are, hey, just keep this moving. Keep going to bowl games. Keep knocking off teams that historically UK doesn't have a great deal of success against. And we're happy as could be. We're yeah. like, you know, we're, yeah. we're like babies that are full and ready for a good night's sleep because that's that's how UK football has been. We're, we're well fed as a fan base right yeah. now. Stoops is too old to do any program building. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to, like, like you said, it would be like Ohio State, maybe, and it, we we come back to the we did, we did this last year. Even if one of those comes up, 
they have to make Stoops a priority. And yeah, is that going to happen? Doubtful. Doubtful. So uh, enjoy it. It's fun to have the winningest coach. I love the video afterwards of uh, Vince Merrill handing uh, Stoops the game ball in the locker room. Don't uh, ruin it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. <laughs> not going to. Uh, uh, not going to ruin it for you there, Justin, but very cool moment. Stoops, all-time winningest coach at UK. Just, if I would have told you that, I mean, that's the part, TJ, I know he doesn't like to talk about, but if you do get reflective and 10 years ago you say, when, when Mark Stoops is getting hired, like, yeah, this guy's going to beat Bear Bryant's record by winning at the Swamp, I would have just kissed you. <laughs> I mean, it's just, we're, in a, we're in a totally different world right now. I would have been like, man, Stoops is going to be at UK for 25 years. That's pretty incredible. That's, <laughs> that's great. That's a long time. No, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I covered the UK. I've covered his first game down in Nashville versus Western Kentucky and was obviously going to give him plenty of time, as much time as he needed. But there were some games in those early season, early seasons that you were like, okay, you know, Stoops will grow as a, as a, as a head coach, but, is he cut out for life in the SEC? But in those moments, even in some of the losing seasons to start, you just didn't see UK back down. You saw UK laying big hits, even you know in the fourth quarter, down 20, 30 points. And most importantly, you didn't have UK just waving the white flag and literally quitting like they did at Arkansas. Like that was, I think, a really low point of the UK football where it was such a it was such a blowout. And the weather was so bad, they were just like, "You want to call it?" And UK was like, "Yeah, let's just get the hell out of here, please." Um, it's nice not to be there anymore. And we talk about that pretty frequently here on this radio show. Very appreciative. It's all Mark Stoops. This is a program that he has built in his image and said from day one that it's going to be a program that's going to fight. It's going to be tough nose, all the cliche words that Stoops has now been saying for about a decade. But it's true. He backed it up. He, he talked the talk and then in time walked the walk. And, and UK is very lucky to have him as the head coach of the football program. Let's get to the Thornton's text line because there's a ton and we need to. Uh, if we don't do it now, we're not going to finish them. So 502-414-1450. The first texter, did you all know that Robert Shaw, who played basketball at St. X, got certified to be an NBA personal trainer? We'll never forget chopping him up with a mean crossover at the Y back in high school. Good times. Love the, the love terrible, the text. Really setting the tone for the show. I do terrible remember him, way to though. The text line, Plumley, bro. Did remember him, but like, yeah, bit sick brag, Plumley. Uh, TJ, would you ever fly Allegiant and or Spirit? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't care. I, I would definitely fly those places if need be. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, we are so sick of hearing how tired Dingus always is. We don't care. Planning a nap for a week? Weirdo. Man, what a great nap it was, too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I should have started the show with that. How did the nap go on Friday? Oh, Scoots, I slept for like nine hours this entire weekend. Like, suck Jeez. it, buddy. You're going to need a nap. <laughs> I'm not going to get one. Like, Maybe Thursday at 2 p.m., Roush. You circle that in your calendar, okay? If there's any, it would probably be like Tuesday evening or no, Tuesday afternoon. But like, I'm going to probably end up. That's probably when I'm watching the Game of Thrones. So. Uh, great episode, by the way. There is a sex orgy scene that you just wouldn't believe, Roush. Yeah, I heard it's the horniest Game of Thrones episode ever. 
Oh yeah, no doubt about it. A, what, what's the little the, what's the little like horny dog boink? Yep. Yeah. Big time boinks on 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 last night's Game of Thrones uh, or House of the Dragon. Excuse me. Uh, Scoots, how did the German American Beer Festival? Actually, I, I wasn't able to go, but did I know have, that. Se- okay, chill out. I did have several friends that did go. They all said they had an absolute blast. I uh, yeah, there was actually a ton of Kentucky fans there on Saturday, which I was surprised. But it was early. They all came early so they could make the game. But yeah, it was it was a blast. Served a lot of beer. Unfortunately for me, so last year when I did this, I drank probably seven, eight beers while I was serving, which we're allowed to do that. We get paid in gold because we're all volunteers. Uh, But this year it was so busy. I had to put up my finger to like three different people, like, hold on a second, grab my beer, take a drink. And then, okay, what can I get for you? Because I just, Mm -hmm. I didn't have any time to drink. No, that's. I I think I only had two and a half beers on Saturday. Crazy. I can't wait for the Scoots autobiography. No time, <laughs> Justin Kalen. <laughs> I like that title uh, about as much as our Mitch Barnhart book titles. Yeah, those were those were some good ones too. Mitch was on the scene with that top button. Just oh that, man, how the air gets up there. Uh, modern, modern medical miracle, I would say. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. This from Kirby. Anxiety through the roof Saturday morning, ready for this game. Cautiously optimistic, but C-Rod being out is huge. Side note, the U of L game I watched last night was both terrible display of football and commentating across the board, but their D-line did look pretty strong. Let's get this win tonight, gents. This is Levis's opportunity to get legit national respect. Excited to see what he does with it. Um, I actually did not have a lot of pregame nerves or anxiety. Felt pretty comfortable, actually. New, uh, like Stoops, he felt felt good about his team, felt good about the matchup. Um, I do think all of the college football, uh, the the people who like I know ESPN build this up as this big draft prospects. It's like if you wanted to see some sort of shootout where these guys are going to throw for three hundred fifty yards and complete seventy five percent of their passes, you're like. I, I just I don't know why they some expected that, but you get the they have the draft hype because of their tools and athleticism and raw ability, not because of their efficiency. If you want to go watch some quarterback, you know, complete eighty percent of his passes for three hundred fifty yards, watch watch Mississippi State, right? But Rogers, he ain't gonna sniff an NFL football field. Same thing, you know, Clayton Toon, go watch him in Houston. This is this was a different ball game, um, and also. You fell for the Anthony Richardson stuff. Uh, it, it's it's your own damn fault. Who are you talking about specifically? The the reaction kind of podcast and stuff. Of uh, you yeah. know, I I mean, yeah. like let's consume content post game. And there's some people like I thought this was gonna be a quarterback game. Instead, it stunk. It was ugly. Uh, quarterbacks weren't any good at all. It's like well, Levis did start eight of ten for a buck forty three and a touchdown. Like that was that was pretty awesome, right? Even Mm -hmm. despite getting sacked three times, um, I know things weren't going as well in the second half. um, But the game changed. And Kentucky, they they did what they had to do for a win. Survive and advance. Yep, it's it's a win. Counts all the same if it would have been by one point, by 30 points. And people notice. Cat's got a huge bump in the polls. That offensive line coach for Alabama must stink, says one (laughs) factor. He was getting a lot of TV time on Saturday. Oh, not coach, like coach Woodruff. 
but he was just in the background frequently. That was a fun game, though. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be cool when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. Like, having Texas come to Lexington to play a football game will be will be cool. Oh, man, I'm going to throw so many horns down. Did you see Saban freak out at the horns down? After the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, always coaching them up. Hire Sean Clark. I don't get it. Don't know who that is. Uh, I'm going to need Roush to do his best and explain why we didn't get any linemen from the portal. Oh, that that is a very much a um, that could be a a big egg on my face sort of type deal. You know, uh, Sean Clark's the App State head coach, by the way. I guess that must have been a U of L text. Yeah, yeah. Um, they should go hire another App State coach. Yep. What could go wrong? Just keep the pipeline um, going. But plan A was to go get Tyler Steen. I, I think their biggest thing is like, hey, we're only going to get an offensive tackle if he's a good one, I think was their thought, instead of just getting any old body. Um, and that's uh, like that. the jury remains out, although it does seem like they were starting to get their stuff together. And TJ, I think that that's the, the overall sentiment and probably the, the plan from the get-go was like, man, if we can get through this Florida, we can we, – Two weeks to to really get our stuff together for our, our long term season outlook. Yeah, and again, if you can do enough with that offensive line to win in the swamp, then again, I'm not I'm I'm not throwing this game out, but I think like you can if if they can do that down against Florida, they can really do it against anybody on the schedule. Maybe except at Georgia because Georgia's just freakish. However, that game will be at home. It's a long ways away. We'll have a better idea about UK's offensive line, UK as a team, and Georgia as a team come there. But if it's good enough performance to do it against Florida, there's no reason they couldn't do it against Ole Miss on the road, South Carolina at home, Mississippi State at home. You can do enough. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about this season with the offensive line. Just do enough, and and the defense can, can take care of things for you. Levis will make some plays himself. You're going to eventually, hopefully, knock on wood, get Chris Rodriguez back. and. Uh, I will. I do have a question for you, Roush, as somebody you know, football, football, Freddie. Offensive line has struggled again. We both complimented the way that they turned around and and what they did in the second half, and rightfully so. But is there like I've got this idea that yeah, Chris Rodriguez will be huge, but if there's not holes to run through, will it really like will it really matter that much? And I know the answer is yes, it still matters, but I'm going to need you to explain it out for me. Well, I I think first off, I would say that some of the times where you think there aren't holes, there are. Um, There were there were there were there were also times on set like guys were just missing them, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And then if the offensive line isn't opening them up, um, Chris Rodriguez is like the the Citrus Bowl touchdown, the last carry we saw him have. Like Will Levis shouldn't have given the ball to him. He took it any. Chris took it anyway. And he made one dude miss, broke the tackle, and scored eight yards for a touchdown. Like, even if you mess up on this offensive line, he can he can erase those mistakes because he's that good. So I didn't that, s- that would be my argument. I didn't see him on Saturday, but did Goodwin play at all? No, no. Jeez. Yeah, and I I don't I don't I don't know where his where he's at. Like, I just I, I I don't know that. But that's I'm- the next two weeks is where he should get a good amount of run. I'm going to ask that every week till I see him on the field. Yeah, next week should be the – Roush is right, though. These next two weeks, you if you don't see him on the field then, then it's like, okay. 
are they is something going on here? But I, I guarantee you we will, and it'll be fun. Maybe, maybe he's somebody that once he gets in the game, just kind of shows out, and we'll do enough where he'll get some playing time and and more meaningful games. Getting way ahead of ourselves, but I'm excited to just see him play as well. And we're gonna weather permitting, knocking on wood here. We're, we're going to try to make it Lucy's first trip to the Krogue on Saturday. So oh, nice. Very, the, very the noon, wow. The noon Youngstown State mm-hmm. does feel like a good, Perfect. easy opportunity. Yeah. If I have to leave in the first quarter, so be it. I'll listen to Leach on the way home, and it, it'll be great. But I, I'm, I'm like, irrationally excited. I just I, – I think she'll like it. She's She seems to grow up more and more every single day and, like – notices more things and we did some fun stuff this weekend and I, I think she'll I think she would like just checking out a football game. Of course she'd have no idea what's going on, but I think all the all the people and the noises and the sights and the sounds, I think she would be uh it's it's the perfect opportunity. So fingers crossed on the weather and should be I hope UK fans show up in a big way. Again, you're always recruiting. Players always want to play in packed stadiums, even if it's not against a great person or a great team, you need uh you need to kind of show your support and also your, your thanks for beating Florida. So I, I think it'll probably be a solid crowd, assuming the weather's good. And um, I think they're doing military appreciation on Saturday as well. So that's always a good time. But ABC, uh, always be crudin. Always be crudin. That's what they say. Uh, let's read one more text and then we'll go to a break. 502414-1450. This Anthony Richardson suck fest has already gotten old. They drank that Kool-Aid and they, they chugged it. It was pretty wild, just like how badly people wanted him to be like a Cam Newton. And while his performance against Utah was fun to watch, gosh, it was an overreaction for sure. There's no doubt about that. It's hilarious. (laughs) All right, let's go to our last break. We'll come back. Nothing but text line, and we're going to have to really rip through them rapid fire style. When we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Man, Coach Stoops came here in 2013 when his program was on the rocks. He stayed here. And now he's the all-time leading winner. Yeah. 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 It, it's honestly, it's on all the coaches and all the players, and it really is, man. I'd say it to you, and I'd say it to me. None of us can do this without each other. Yeah. That's the honest to God truth, man. I love, hey, I love you, and I, we got something special to prove and do this year. Did he end up doing the crowd surf? I saw a player asking for it. Mm, did not see the crowd surf. Okay. Maybe they're saving that for when they clinch the SEC East. Man, that would be awesome. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Fun day to be doing radio after the Cats win 26-16 over then number 12 Florida. Now UK moves up to number 9 in the polls. Uh, hopefully two weeks to learn, get better, improve, and then uh, then things get get real real difficult or challenging or you get to the bulk of your SEC schedule and we'll see what the cats are made of. But if they can go down and do it at Florida, there's no there's no reason they can't beat every single team on their schedule. 
I think, with maybe the exception of Georgia. But again, that game, you never even know. And we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But it's just fun to dream big. And we've been able to do mm-hmm. that so often in the Stoops era. And congrats to him on becoming UK's all-time winningest head coach. Man, in that video, I was very happy. They, they showed uh, the initial cut before they could add the final two games to it at uh, the Lexington kickoff luncheon. So awesome to take that stroll through memory lane. And it's very hard not to get choked up at, at various points because there's so many emotional wins. And it's also so crazy how, like, the the beginning part of the video, you're just, like, flying through year by year. And then all of a sudden, it's they start to stack up, right? Those wins really start to stack up. Amazing what he's accomplished in Lexington. And, uh, again, good good guy, I'm sure. I've heard good things about him, but... I just always I, I can't not think about the John Ramsey. We don't want soups to go anywhere. We're happy with what what we've got. What I hope he doesn't leave ever. Don't fire him. Glad glad that he's around too, John Ramsey. One of just the the most poorly aged tweets in the history of the internet. Uh, let's get to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper, our friends at Thornton's. And Thornton's is a friend to the community with all their great goodies and cheap, low gas prices. You'll save money by becoming a Refresher and Rewards member. Download the app today. A texter, 502-414-1450, not 60. McElroy is a damn fraud. If he says we abandon our run game one more time, I'm going to lose it. If one, if someone kidnaps my kid and I didn't abandon my kids, they were stolen. And unfortunately, the NCAA has stolen my precious sea rod. NCAA equals cowards. McElroy equals fraud. That's, that, that's a very funny text. I'm I very pleased that. Flowing when that text was sent into the show. Another texter <laughs> says, we've been better than this and bogey man for six years. Only three wins, but they all feel great. Regarding, I think, uh, UK beating Florida. Three yeah. out of five years for what it's worth. But, yeah, it has been a pretty tight game throughout that entire six-year span. I loved, I was listening to uh, Matt's post-game show, and somebody said that Florida's the new South Carolina, and, oh, man, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Which, by the way, South Carolina, what a bunch of dorks. They're going to get their teeth kicked in at Kroger Field. I will say one thing about South Carolina is they – they had chance to roll over in that road atmosphere. They kept fighting, made it somewhat respectable there, uh, made it interesting, really. But yeah, I don't. Kentucky. They, they made the cover interesting. It was a three-score game. It, it bounced between the three to two-score game, a buffer zone game, if you will, uh, a rare college football buffer zone game too. Usually, you only see that in basketball. I thought they got it to twenty to sixteen at one point. Was I wrong I mean, about that? It might have yeah. been briefly because it was like thirty-two to sixteen quickly yeah. shortly thereafter okay well anyways i yeah i'm not i'm not overly concerned about them but they not the old you know must champ goober group of, of gamecocks they they had years prior oh uh justin also a big suck it to you for your west virginia pick by the way just wanted to no uh, kidding yeah. and my alabama pick too Sheesh. we're just really disappointed i didn't uh money on sprinkle you know should have done well, more sprinkling Scoots makes you feel better. I went 0-2 and 1, had a push, which gets you no points in our contest, as people know. But uh, yeah, not, hey, I, not, not a good gambling week. Week two really, really bit me in the butt. I at least got a point, so I'll, I'll take it. You will take it. And you it. know what it was? It was Iowa State. You can suck it right back, Roush, because you said they would never win that game. So 
Well, the, the under hit, that's all that mattered. 17, it was, and it was never in doubt either. 17 total points in that game. Uh, Did you see the Barstool game day show? Oh, when, when Brandon Walker, I didn't watch the show, but I just saw clips online. When Brandon Walker said, <laughs> none of you all will be able to hit me with a beer because you're just like your quarterback, Spencer Petras. You can't hit anything. I was dying laughing. That was, was so a funny. hilarious clip. And then they start throwing stuff, and then like the other people are like, okay, okay no, like please stop. Um, yeah, not, <laughs> they'll, probably, they'll probably have a screen up for their next one moving forward, I would guess. Yeah. Because not, not, not ideal, but still a funny, funny yeah, moment. Drunk college kids throwing full beers at you. Yeah, not ideal. Oh, also not ideal. I watched a girl just break her wrist Friday night. Like oh, just, that sounds fun. Yeah, just falling down, drunk, falling downstairs. And she what? didn't even flinch either. She was so hammered. It was just like her uh-huh. hand was just dangling there. Just uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, shout out to the basketball schools. Uh, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky all won true road games for the first time ever on the single day, on no. the same single day. You can't say basketball school. Sorry. Which it would, I, I, I love it, Cal. He gave Stoops the shout out. Would have been really funny if he tweeted football school too. Like that just. I was wondering if he was going to do anything with that, which I actually think like he probably should have, but it, it, it would be risky. You know, it'd be it'd be drawing more attention back to it, where I think both parties just kind of want to move on from it right. and, and let bygones be bygones. But yeah, I, I saw there was a few goober people that were like, he, he, "Yeah, he waited till the next day." It, I mean, so did Kyra Elzey. Other people did too. The game didn't end till like ten thirty or eleven. It's okay. Like this, it doesn't have to be a thing anymore. Everybody can just move on. Football team, great. Basketball team should be great. It's a good time to be a, a UK fan. Ooh, one final shout out, big, huge shout out to Walt Wells, Eastern Kentucky. I think this was his first game actually back. I don't, I don't know if he coached in week one. They, they, they were close to winning some action against Eastern Michigan last week. Couldn't pull it off in seven overtimes. They beat Bowling Green, and they also get bonus points for trying to win, walk off win in overtime number five with the hook and ladder to an offensive lineman. Like it was, it was. The best worst play ever drawn up. So great. Shout out to you, Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Good stuff. Uh, Texter says, Dane Key, Deion Walker, true freshman making gigantic plays in the swamp in their first SEC game. It's nice to have dudes. Yes, it is. Yeah, as much as we give uh, old uh, Woodruff uh, crap, he did help bring Deion Walker to Kentucky. So thanks. Thank you. A texter says, eat a big poop sandwich, Florida, but they didn't say poop. Ooh. They did not say it. Still don't know how that hit on Levis wasn't targeting, but dang, he is that man. He really is. Yeah. It's, it's just like these young guys are just getting, you know, it could be like their junior year before they're reaching, I wouldn't say their peak. They, you'd, they'd hit their peak ideally while they're in the NFL. But like they're far from a finished college product. I mean, far from it. And they're still doing stuff like this. Uh, Texter says, double-digit win in the swamp with terrible red zone execution and special teams play without your best running back. This could have been a big blowout. I like my team. Mm-hmm. That could have been worse for sure. You all missed one, says KRC listeners. I mixed in at Truly, which I hate, in the second half. Results speak for themselves. I challenge all KRC listeners to switch to a random drink they hate when things aren't going well. <laughs> so if the reason UK came back and won, because that guy drank, or girl, drank at Truly. I like that though. That's a that's a fun superstition to keep up. Very dumb and specific, and that's that's what makes them great superstitions. Yeah, man, that was a fun night. 
Uh, I've always loved Valentine. You guys know this. Never would I ever talk bad about him. I would somebody, guess that texter, maybe if we read their history, would have some... A some, lot of Carrington Valentine texts in, I'm sure. A texter says, Roush, you nerd, put the GoPro down and get your butt in there. Go Cats, suck at Florida. And I guess it's you filming Levis going and hugging his mom in the stands. Let's do my job. Let's do my job. Although, like, what was the mom in, like, the third row? Um, I guess, or she just walked towards the front row. Imagine if, like, you know, you were getting the, like... Levis was leaning over you to hug. I'd, I'd be like, right, let's just move to the side and let him walk up here, full. Justin T here went to a Florida bar in Miami for the game. My friend and I from Kentucky were the only fans literally in the place rooting for Kentucky, and it was definitely not within fire code. Over 200 people in the place. The feeling walking out, screaming at the Florida fans, college kids, was absolutely epic. Top 10 nights as a Cats fan of my life. Oh, man, that, that does sound like uh, – as, as as the plumbing bro says, sounds like that was a vibe. That would be that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, you, oh, you just that's the great thing about these football wins is you 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 remember them. Like I, you know, in 2018, UK beats Florida. We kind of felt like we were like too old to go out at that point. We really weren't. But it was like, hey, do we we weren't planning on going out tonight, but don't we have to go celebrate this win? So we did and we went out and it was a lot of fun. This this go around, definitely too old for it. But I was sitting on the deck. I was like, I'm gonna light up a, a nice little cigar here, celebrate this win, and uh did just that. So you remember them when you when they happen and and thankful for Stoops for making so many of them happen. Uh, Texter says, oh, and I called Cats by eight. Oops, off by two points, C-A-T-S. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. It's 4.30 in the morning, and I'm still going strong and don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Way to go, Brad from Bellbrook. What a win. What an exhilarating game. The defense was dominant, and the offense really started to click in the second half. That's a game we lose five years ago, but Stoops has completely changed that narrative. I also predict Anthony Richardson would throw two picks, so I must have spoken it into existence. Funk? Yeah, they say. Oh, man. the uh... Play that funky music. That Jordan Wright pick, that's just that, – that, that's going to be one of those plays that's on all of the highlight reels, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to remember it forever. To get him back, that was so, so huge. Um, and now um, I, I don't think folks are – like we're not as desperately playing the Chris Rodriguez game, and that's probably for the best. Where We'll just kind of mm-hmm. see it as it comes. What's cool, though, Chris, you know – uh, I think it was on like an Instagram story or something showed him watching the game, like standing next to his TV. Very cool. Yeah, that is cool. You wish they'd let him like travel with the team. I know that, I know that never happens even like with injured players and stuff like that. But if he wanted to be there, I wish, you know, he could be there. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe he elected to stay home anyways. I don't they're, know. Um, they're limited to a 70 person travel squad. So that's why they yeah. keep the, keep any injured or suspended players at home. Well, he could have thrown down with you and your dad. Well, he could have. <laughs> can't wait for the cats to shoot up to 18 in the AP poll. Oh, texter. Oh, Stoops did have a funny line too. And I'm glad that it happened, but he's like, well, we gotta be top 10, right? Other teams are shooting up 20 spots in the polls. <laughs> I had the same thought process. I think a lot of Kentucky fans did think like, all right, 12, 13. And I, I was, and not that it really totally matters. You just take care of business and the rankings will work themselves out. But I was thinking about, I was like, if, if they aren't in the top 10, then, then what the, what the hell, you know, how are you going to, mm-hmm. how are you going to jump Florida that high? And then Kentucky just goes and does what Utah doesn't do. Anyways, it worked out though. 
Kentucky wins the SEC. The reporter asks Stoops what he's going to do now. He replies with, I'm going to get all these fans beers at Kroger Field. Then I wake up in cold sweat realizing it was just a dream. <laughs> it's a really good text into the show. Oh, that's a great text. <laughs> Mark Stoops is doing whatever UK fan did in NCAA games, building the program through recruiting to be a legit contender and winning huge games. Well, he didn't he did not create a player though that could like win the Heisman. That's the only that's the only step he he bypassed. Yeah, it's uh, it's what we all wanted, and it's happening. I love that Kentucky is ranked in the top 10, but we have to go out and absolutely dominate Youngstown and Northern Illinois. The voters will love to drop us down if we let those two teams hang around. Yeah, again, I think you'll probably just see a, a casual leak drop, you know, one, two, three spots. But you go down and you beat Ole Miss and you go to 5-0, and oh, then I don't know how you wouldn't have UK right at number five, you know, right around there. Yeah, somebody asked if I thought they could be into the top five by then. It, it, it's all dependent on others and also like I don't I don't foresee Kentucky running up the score a ton so it'll, it'll they'll probably still be in this between seven to ten range I would imagine yeah most likely uh texter says that completely mismanagement of offensive line recruiting transfer has squandered one of the best quarterbacks in UK history and they followed up with hand up I'm an idiot <laughs> The offensive line was concerning. Those first few possessions were like, oh, no, this was this is worse than the Miami game. It even caused a turnover. UK couldn't flip the field for beans. But that's why you just have to tip your cap to them. Like, they totally turned it around and really controlled the line of scrimmage. And as Roush mentioned in hour one, they found some advantages that they had against Florida's defensive line. And just like a boxer, you know, I'm not going for the knockout punch, but I'm going to wear you down so much that – we're controlling you and I'm, I'm putting you where I want in the ring and I'm getting these shots in on you. And eventually I'm going to, I'm going to be victorious. And that's exactly what UK's offensive line did throughout the second half, which was good, but I was right there with you, Texter. I was nervous too. I think that's yep. okay. Yep. And um, the, to, to also to end on that high note, right? Like mm -hmm. you feel like things are going in the right direction and that that's going to be the coaching point this week uh, because the the worst part about the offensive line mistakes too, TJ, is that you know receivers drop passes and they get away with it all the time because that's a that's something you you can accept a couple of those. They don't kill drives in the way that a bad sack kills a drive. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. that that's their mistakes are just so much more um, pronounced and 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 I think that's what. Uh, makes you feel so much more urgent to get things fixed. But to, to see them respond, getting going in the right direction, uh, you, you have some confidence that the ship will be um, smooth sailing by the time they go down to Oxford. Quick hitters here, but do you have any big, big long-term picture? Uh, do you have any concerns about special teams? Not really. I, if, if I have any concerns more than anything, it's, it's more so about good fellows just – punting ability and he, he his one long punt was the one that we needed to be short right like i don't know he some some's some's wonky with him this year uh punt team been a little bit off um but the rest like just chance for dropping the snap like that's that's so rare you know um, yeah, he had one, that, he had the long snap a good play by good fellow though just to make it a safety you know you, th that was the absolute best case scenario on a play like that so he did what he needed to do i like seeing that but yeah the punts weren't weren't up to snuff Nope. Uh, been a little bit struggling. Yeah. Okay. A texter says, oh, hell yes, boys. Let's go. Who's soft now? Congrats to Coach Goat Stoops. What a team and way to do it. Yep, I agree with you. A texter says, Jordan Wright pick, Dante Keys touchdown. Whoa. 
that's video game stuff, not something you used to see here. Great game. Uh, totally agree. It's beyond remarkable what Mark Stoops has done for Kentucky football. Just wild. Still a bit concerned about our offensive line moving forward, but they absolutely responded in the second half. You're you're singing our tunes here. Yeah, TJ, that's, a, that's a good way to put it, too. Like, yeah, like I'm not completely satisfied, but like they're they're, they're showing me what I needed to see. They showed know? heart. They showed fight. Yeah. And, and that goes a long way in the SEC. TJ, are you concerned about the Packers? Not at all. Someone needs to slide Chris Collinsworth the cough drop because old buddy just does not sound well on national television. I, I heard it was bad. Yeah. Terrible. I didn't see it. Um, it, was, it was bad. Deion Walker, we'll talk more NFL tomorrow too and more college football away from UK tomorrow as well. Deion Walker is going to make us redefine what a GAM is. Perfect technique on that third down stop. He really is a special player. Shuck that player. guy. I mean, just threw him down, ate up that time. Oh, man, that was awesome. Normally don't watch SEC Network, but I will today to enjoy the soft sobs of all their talking heads while trying to explain their collective man crush for AR. Suck it, McElroy and Harper. Oh, yeah. Um, man, really, really looking forward to Roman Harper's uh, Mia Culpo on Fine Bomb tomorrow, even though that's definitely not going to happen. 549. What a, at that time in the second quarter is when Florida scored its last point. That's from Steve. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, 19 you know, unanswered. Nearly 36 minutes of of scoreless football for the Gators in their home building, in a packed house, ninety thousand, blah blah blah. Oh man, this is a great text. It must be a Sunbelt thing to go for it on your own side of the field. Scott and his tots, Napier and his Nuggets both did it this weekend. Idiots. Oh man, Sad and Satterfield got away with it too. Uh, he he really did. Just that was horrible. Like it, scream panic. Say you're panicked without saying you're panicked. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. Goodness gracious. A little bit of adversity, and they just completely go away from the script. It was ESPN's rule expert who said you can't catch the ball with your legs. That, okay, it was that guy. Yeah, wait, 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 yes, you can. Like you you absolutely you could catch as long it as the ball is on the ground. You could catch it in between your thighs and just wobble down the field if you, you know, if you had enough, if you had enough coordination to do such. It would be very funny to watch somebody it do would that. Be funny, John here. Good morning, everyone. Wow, what a great football weekend! I had the Cats one by ten, and Mister Key is the second touchdown of the season. Chiefs were dominant, and Mahomes was like Tyree Kill. Who? Uh, yeah, okay, John. I was happy to see the Bengals go down. Hey, TJ, I believe Green Bay will be okay. That's what we like to hear. And if or, or Lazard gets back this week, they will find the end zone more often. Do you agree? We'll got to go. Talk to you later. Yes, I do. Do you guys think week five Kentucky will be ranked in the top five? Yeah, that was what I alluded to earlier. Oh, oh probably not. Um, but you know, this weekend was crazy. And if crazy things are happening elsewhere, like Clemson could go and drop an egg, and that's where you, you could see the cats coming up. Uh, by the way. John, one more thing. Chiefs had 33 first downs on 66 plays. That's insane. Wow. It's a wild football stat. Wow. And that is wild. 33 first downs. on So half their plays were just first downs. <laughs> Man, I love the Arizona Cardinals being fraudulent, too. Oh, I was I bought into them again. I, week one, hey, Packers lost 38-3 to last year, week one. But, yeah, that was a beatdown of epic proportion. A texter says, if you go to bed during halftime of your favorite team's game, are you even a fan? Not when they're losing 10 nothing. I mean, you cannot get goose-egged in the first half against Idaho. I'm not watching that. Would he leave for Iowa? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one to keep an eye on, but is Iowa 
would that be a better job than what he's got at Kentucky? I mean, I and the no. thing is, is like Stoops can be Kentucky football, whereas like Iowa, you're never going to be Hayden Fry there, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, how much longer does Stoops even want to coach, right? Like, and can Iowa outpay Kentucky? I think that's a totally fair question to ask. Maybe, but I don't think it's a. I think Kentucky, you know, they're like if. Again, I'm not worried about Alabama coming and taking Stoops, but if Alabama put a dollar amount in front of Stoops, I don't think Kentucky could match it, and that that would be a concerning aspect. If but but there's only a few jobs that could do that, and I just don't think Iowa is one of them. Could be totally wrong about all that. We're struggling building facilities for whatever reason, but I don't think I. I, I if he left for Iowa, I'd be surprised. Texter on the Thorns text line. Uh... Goodwin was on the participation chart for Saturday. I'll check the snap count um, later on today on PFF. Get a better idea. The primetime ESPN crew was absolutely awful for what it was worth. I'm a big I test will. fan, though. I, hell, I talked to the, everybody but McShay before the game. Good good people. Good people. That was fun being uh, 7 o'clock ESPN. That was fun. Um, game had a good pace to it. All in all, a lot of fun. I enjoy UK being in more primetime games. And you keep winning, that'll keep being the case. We are out of time. That's our show for today. We will talk more about this game, other college football, and maybe spend a little bit more time on the NFL tomorrow. And then, that, you know, it's the we'll, we'll get into the Youngstown stuff. Probably not as exciting as the Florida game, obviously so. But uh, have, being able to talk about a top 10 team on the radio is a good position to be in so it's gonna be a really fun week appreciate all the texts in today and over the weekend you guys are hilarious and we will uh see you on tuesday any last words you two have a good day there you have it this is krc on big exports radio tj walker nick rouse and justin Jones.